Hi, I'm Dino Tripodis, and tonight on Whiskey Business, I visit an old friend, Scotch Whiskey on Whiskey Business. Dino Tripodis and welcome to Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Welcome, my friends, to another remote podcast, which I'm sure you're going to love. And before we get into it, I would like to do a brief history of my imbibing. Sure, in high school, I had three, two beers. We would cross over the bridge to West Virginia, where you only had to be 18 to to drink liquor and so forth. And we experimented with the uh, seven sevens. That was the classic high school drink. In college, I graduated to something a tad more sophisticated. I was a gin drinker. One, because everybody hated gin, so nobody drank your gin. And, And two, my girlfriend at the time liked gin as well. So we came together over gin. Then one summer, One summer where I was gainfully employed trying to make money for the next quarter at the Ohio State University, the gentleman I worked for said, "Uh, I will buy you drinks after we're done working every night, but you got to drink what I drink. And he drank scotch whiskey, a blended one, Chevis Regal. I mentioned it Chevis Regal because it will come full circle when I tell you that uh, who and what we've got going on tonight on the podcast. And then I was a scotch drinker until um, bourbon and rye came into my life. Jack Daniels uh, sour mash whiskey came into my life with my uh, affinity and affection for Frank Sinatra. And I kind of fell off the path. I still would drink scotch from time to time, but not as religiously as I would the bourbons and the rye. Uh, and I was a big fan of rye and I said that rye would start to make a comeback and they did. And now scotch, scotch, which has been there for the masses and the loyal year after year, decade after decade, hasn't gone anywhere, but now it's starting to make a bit of a comeback as well. Maybe dare I say, maybe we're, we're, we're bourbon tired. Probably not. Well, are we rye exhausted? Doubtful. But but maybe it's time to get scotch worthy once again. And once again, let me say hi. I'm Dino Tripodis, and welcome to Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey, which I cannot do without the capable talents. Who's coming on first, John Whitney? You or Hansberry? John Whitney. Hansberry Who's- froze, and I, he hasn't gotten back on yet. Okay, so John Whitney on the video side of things <laughs> as we are broadcasting remotely yes. uh, with our guest who is in Ohio and doing some virtual tastings in Ohio until Hansberry frees himself up and does all the business that we need to do. Let's not waste any time and, and talk with the national ambassador for Abelauer single malt scotch whiskey. Uh, Gemma Cole is with us. Hi, Gemma. How are you? Hi. There you are. Thank you. Nice to have you on the podcast. And thank you to uh, you and Alyssa. You know, I've always had a dream as a, as an adult man that someday I wouldn't have to leave my house to go get whiskey. And sure enough, when uh, we were communicating back and forth with Alyssa, 
and we finally settled on a time and a date. She said, we'll send you some product. And I, I can't tell you uh, as a, as a middle-aged man, how, how happy I was to see three incredible bottles of single malt Scotch whiskey come be delivered to my, my home. It's like, awesome. it's, yeah, awesome. you know, awesome. the, hell, the hell with, uh, with Uber eats and, and, uh, and anything else that it brings food. This, this is the ultimate. So thank you so much for being with us. You are the national brand ambassador, correct? I am. I am. Yes. And as a national brand ambassador, which we've spoken with brand ambassadors before, uh, would you like to tell us what exactly your job entails? Because it, it, it seems like it's varied from ambassador to ambassador. So Yeah, it definitely does. The industry is quite diverse, actually, when it comes to what your roles are. And mm -hmm. obviously, in the current climate, things have changed a lot. So up until um, March, I would say, my role was to travel a lot. I was traveling uh, two to three weeks out of the month, every month I was traveling from, uh, so I'm based in California, but my role is national. So I would go California all the way to New York, Texas, mm. everywhere in between. And uh, uh, how much, how often are you on the road uh, as an ambassador? I know with the current conditions being the way they are, Obviously, this is the road for you right yeah. now. But uh, under normal circumstances, how, how often would you be? Uh, it would have been two or three weeks a month. Yeah. So it would have been like wow. Monday to Friday for a week, say, in uh, Florida. And then the next week, I would be in Texas for Monday to Friday. And the following week, I could be somewhere else. Okay. Uh, and the accent? For really uh, a whole month, which is which is good. I, I always got made it home within the month, thankfully. Within, within uh, the month. But California, it might be your residence, but it's not your home. The accent is Irish, Irish, of Irish. course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's where you were born. That's where I was born, born and raised and raised. Yeah. And when did you come to the States? Uh, almost it's it's coming up on 10 years. I can't believe it. Yeah. Wow. You still do you, and, and you, uh, I, I've we uh, there's a you, you might even know him. It's on the Irish whiskey side of things another uh, uh irish fellow by the name of martin kennedy was on our show um oh really for for telemador whiskeys and uh he, irish as well and i asked him the same thing is the longer the longer he stays in the states does does the accent go away uh i know i have greek relatives who been in this country for 50 years and their accent is just as strong as it's ever been but have any of the american affectations snuck yeah. in there and 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 stolen it because it's a lovely accent thank you it's yeah. uh i would say enunciation is the thing that changes not mm -hmm. really so much the accent but slowing down your speech and enunciating um and using you know regional words that that we wouldn't particularly use in, <laughs> our, in ireland sometimes i get caught out when i go home i'll say something that i haven't realized is a like termed as an american word right but, <laughs> and I'll not even realize that I've said it because I'm I'm so used to being here, you know. Um, but anytime I go home and I come back again, people always tell me that my accent is a lot stronger when I came back. Okay, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for being with us. And um, we're going to try three different uh, brands of, of Scotch whiskey tonight, which uh, Johnny and I have had the pleasure of having a little sneak peek the night before. And 
the reason I did the sneak peek, and, and I mentioned this in the opening, is that uh, we were excited to have Scotch Whiskey on the show because it's been a long time. This These bottles will be our 146th, 7th, and 148th bottle of whiskey mm-hmm. on the podcast. That's the only running theme on whiskey business is that we introduce a different bottle. And sometimes we have more than one bottle on the podcast, but that's the only running thing that we have a different bottle that we share with our guests. And it's been a long, long time since we've had any whiskey or it's scotch a of, whiskey. A lot of boozing, Dino. Oh, no, boozing. It's a lot of bottles. It's a lot of <laughs> bottles. A lot of but, but uh, we obviously with um, the bourbon explosion that uh, occurred, in the last decade, and then the the return of rye whiskeys. There have been a lot of bourbons and ryes, but as I keep a watchful eye, I I've seen that that those who sometimes were confirmed Scotch drinkers that switched over to bourbon, and uh, some of the dedicated Scotch drinkers, I've seen Scotch make its take its rightful claim back in the in the in the spirit world, and I know that uh, Abelar has been uh, working extremely hard uh, to raise their profile as well in the, in the Scotch world by putting out some incredible things, award-winning spirits in the last couple of years. Um, and we have three of those with us tonight that we're very excited to try. So shall we? Yes, shall we? Shall, shall we? we? I, uh, know, I noticed um, that you've started pouring. I just, I just pour the one, yeah. We're yeah. starting with the, uh, for those of you who are listening and not watching, we are starting with the uh, Aberlauer 12-year double cask matured uh, single malt scotch whiskey. Explain the double cask because it comes from, it's, it's it's well, just like I said, it's been double cask. You might want to yeah, go ahead exactly. and explain that. That's, a, that's something that's really, really important to us at Aberlauer. It's really important that, people understand what that means because I think with Scotch whiskey and it's something that that as you say the trend is kind of coming back around towards Scotch whiskey again companies are realizing that they have to be more transparent with their their customers so we want to put as much information on the bottles as as possible in order to make your kind of shopping experience a little bit easier um double cast maturation falls into the the wood category right so you'll see double cask double woods triple woods three three kinds of influence you see all this different terminology around scotch whiskey and it can be really confusing what does it actually mean so with double cask maturation with the aberlauer 12 year that you're about to drink or re-drink i should say um what we actually do is we take our our new mix spirit so we can't call it whiskey until it's been aged for a minimum of three years. Mm-hmm. After the three years, we're allowed to legally call it whiskey. So we refer to that as the new mix spirit, the, the uh, high proof liquid that comes straight off the still. We put a portion of that into X bourbon barrels and another portion of it goes into X Oloroso sherry barrels. And those two barrels don't actually touch each other. They, they rest at the distillery. They kind of hang out, go to sleep for a minimum of 12 years. And only after those 12 years, we take a portion of each of those barrels, mm-hmm. those matured 12-year-old whiskeys, and we marry them together. That's so, like the longest courtship ever. 
Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and that's why we marry them. After yeah, yeah. Where do you get your bourbon barrels? Where do you get your bourbon barrels from? We get them from a lot of different places. It's not just one single place. So don't want to give anyone kind of um mm -hmm. what's the what's the right word for that? Favoritism? Exactly. Exactly. Couldn't no favoritism. No, no favoritism. We get it from multiple places. And the reason for that is because Aberlauer is a part of a bigger family. And as a family, we purchased barrels. So we're not just purchasing directly for Aberlauer, we're purchasing for lots of other distilleries in Scotland. Which, which brings me to uh, when I said in the opening that I would come full circle when I, that first that first exploration into Scotch was Chevis Regal. Mm -hmm. And uh, the company I believe uh, is, is owned by the Chevis brothers. Uh, uh, that, so look at me, I've come yeah. full circle and back into the Chevis family one way or another. You're from like those, a Wikipedia from those humble page. Beginnings, yeah. From those humble beginnings in Clarksburg, West Virginia to, mm -hmm to my own home. Uh, here I, here I go. That's so, crazy that that was the first whiskey. It's not actually crazy, but it's, it's fun that that was the first whiskey, Scotch whiskey that you tried. It was, it was. And I drank it all summer long. I mean, that's, that's the only, you know, it was only till, uh, uh, in my mid twenties where I started to, you know, I thought that Chevis Regal was the, was the end all be all, you know, and then someone said, have you tried a single malt Scotch? I go to well, what? You know, and then I and then I discovered single malts and and uh, started to explore that world a little bit more. It's, there's a lot of debate around the the single malt versus blended whiskey, and I think Chivas Regal is a perfect example of a really, really incredible blended Scotch whiskey. I think it's 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 a perfect example to show people the complexity of blended whiskeys versus single malt whiskeys. Mm -hmm. they're, they're obviously very different from each other. Chivas is. Well, um, while we're getting ready to try the Hansberry, you, you, you missed out on what we're trying first. We're trying, the first one is the 12 year that got we're it. trying. Okay. You got it. Okay. Yeah, uh, we're, we're trying the first one. Um, let's, let's take a little sip of this. And while we're discussing, uh, the complexities of, of this wonderful 12 year, also dig into a little bit of history, about the uh, the distillery itself, which was uh, uh, started uh, quite a ways, uh, quite a time ago. But uh, we're going to take our first little sip. Well, first of all, and uh, okay, what I tell you to be, what I tell you yesterday, Johnny, as far as uh, the nose, I thought it had a had a very fruity nose yep. right yep. out of the gate. Definitely sweet, sweet. Mm -hmm. which yeah. is, uh, and I don't want to spoil it for the uh, other, other two bottles, but I, I believe in these, in this particular trio, I was, uh, I was impressed about with, with, with how much fruit came from all of them in, in, in some manner. They're, yeah. they're all, they're all very, all very, 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 very fragrant. Uh, one more than the other, but this one, it's delicious. So the fruitiness is something that that uh, comes through a lot on this particular whiskey. It's a Speyside single malt. Mm -hmm. So Speyside in general is known for having sweeter, fruitier kind of um, malt forward mm -hmm. whiskeys, if you will. They're just really easy drinking, I would say. Speyside whiskeys in general tend to be 
quite coming forward. A lot okay. of you, hold on. I'm sorry. What are you yeah. saying? What space age? Space? No, not space age. Space Explain it to me. Say, explain it to me. Space side. So space side. Actually, only one of you has the actual bottles in front of you. Yes. So for you, um, those of you that are actually watching the screen, if you see the label, it says Spayside Single Malt. Got it. S P E Y S I D E. Got it. Right. So if you see that on a bottle, it means that it's from a particular region in Scotland. Oh, gotcha region so if you think of champagne having to come from the champagne region and right. like three steps outside of that particular region you can't use the word champagne right yeah right so Side is the same it's a particular designated region yeah. in scotland but it's actually within the highlands of scotland so we are highland single malt but we are more specifically a Speyside single malt and Speyside gets its name from the River Spey that runs right through that particular distilling region. Got it. It's actually the most densely populated distilling region in the whole world. I'm is, there gonna, I'm gonna... is there friction between the two areas? Do they put <laughs> no. heads all the time? No, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> Scottish people in general are just really lovely. And they like the distilling region, it's so dense. There's so many distilleries, but they, they're all really respectful of each other. Probably because family members are working at different distilleries. You know, the mom will work at one, the dad will be somewhere else, the son will be working at a different distillery. <laughs> I didn't know if it was San Francisco Oakland rivalry. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh Hansbury, didn't you send me a, yeah. didn't you send me a text earlier today that's saying I gotta do some scotch homework? <laughs> you see how far I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, yeah, I, yeah, 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 you know, okay. Um yeah, yeah. This uh, this is a distillery uh, on the on the uh, uh, space side side of things. Started by Mr. James Fleming way back in eighteen seventy. I want to say eighteen seventy nine, if I remember my notes correctly. Yes, ten points. Okay, okay, at ten points. Uh, after after he had already been working in the field for ten years prior to that, decided to uh, strike out on his own. And, and I always I always Maybe it was the times, but he he died by today's terms as a relatively young man. He was only like sixty five years old when he died, and I'm, you know, that's that's not too far from where I'm at right now. Like I can't imagine uh, enjoying and making whiskey and talking about whiskey and then croaking three years from now. That'd be that would be horrible. But um, but uh, he he uh, he started a good thing. Yeah, he did, and he. He did a lot in his life, actually, considering that he did die at quite a young age. Um, before he was, before he founded Aberlour Distillery, he was a master distiller at another distillery. Before that, he was a barley merchant, and before that, he was a barley farmer. So he actually kind of grew up in the world of whiskey making, which a lot of people did in the Highlands of Scotland mm -hmm. at that time, um, and he kind of honed his skills over the years and decided he wanted to make his own whiskey and and off the back of the success of his own distillery he gave money back into the community the Aberlour community so 
It wasn't like, I'm going to make loads of whiskey, I'm going to make loads of money, and I'm going to have a great life. He was a very humble man, actually, and wanted to make great whiskey to make great whiskey and to give people, you know, show people a good time, but also in order to help the community of Aberlour. So very kind of philanthropic man. Well, he started a good thing, and obviously they they've continued on. It's it's uh it's had uh, a few different ownerships through the through the centuries and and the years. But uh, where they're at right now, it seems like you guys are on track. When I talk to uninitiated Scotch drinkers, they always say, "Oh no, I don't want to try Scotch because that 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 it's too it's I don't like the smoke." I don't, it's too peaty. It's peaty, too smoky. Yeah. Um, this first one, and like I said, I don't want to spoil the rest of them. This first one, it to me is 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 more oaky than than smoky. Um, and I don't mean to be cute and rhyme, but, but 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 that's how it feels. It's, there's it's a shirt that says that. <laughs> there's 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 a more more hint of oak than there would be any smoke. And like I said, we we sampled these a little bit last night because we didn't want to be completely. Um, uh, uninitiated again moving back into scotch but I, I think i told johnny last night this this 12 year uh which by the way is also very reasonably priced yeah yeah uh, as far as retail uh would be a a wonderful bottle to introduce to somebody who was wanting to step into the single malt scotch world i would highly highly recommend this as a as a as a step into that into that journey of single malts it's got exactly. cute little, cute little, uh, you know, little wheels on the side, you know, like training <laughs> wheels. I, I would, it, hey, it's a twelve. Year. <laughs> it, it, and, and and okay, maybe the training wheels. It's it is uh, eighty proof, I believe. Eighty yeah. proof. Eighty proof. Uh, maybe maybe those are training wheels because the ones we're getting into go up a little higher in in, 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 in proof. But this is delightful. Is there anything else you want to tell us about Scott. this? a breakfast scotch it's breakfast. got a really nice finish too i might add yeah it's delicious and and like you said it's perfect for people that want to get into the world of of single malt or scotch whiskey that might be a little bit intimidated because it has kind of been set up as an intimidating category for so many years and and what do you think that is through those boundaries i'm not sure i think we you know we set it up initially as being um, you know, like the older, the better. It's it's kind of, it's really refined and you have to be a certain type of person to mm -hmm. be able to access this whiskey. And now we're like, you know what? We want everybody and anybody of legal drinking age to yeah. be able to appreciate Aberlour or any, and actually the whole um, Scotch whiskey industry in general. We want to make it more accessible to people. We want, we, we don't like them to be afraid or scared off so training wheels is not the word that i would use but it is uh definitely a great kind of introductory whiskey to people that either are not whiskey drinkers or they maybe came from american whiskey or mm -hmm. Irish whiskey or a different kind of style of whiskey and they they want to get into the world of scotch whiskey but they've heard that scotch whiskey is smoky and i would say that's probably the biggest misconception in the world of scotch is completely non-peated we don't use any peat whatsoever in, oh, in any why. of our whiskeys so no matter which one you choose you'll be safe if you don't like smoky whiskeys 
Yeah, this I, th I think this is this I think um, once again I I feel like I'm spoiling the next two bottles that are coming up when I say this, but I'm not. I'm saying the bridge that you guys have uh, said to us this evening, and I call it a bridge. This will be a, a most excellent bridge to cross over if you were an American whiskey drinker, if you were a hardcore bourbon drinker, if you uh, enjoyed the the um, the nose and 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 the palates of certain bourbons that have certain uh, uh, a fruity fruity nose and 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 you can taste the certain spices and you're going to get that same type of enjoyment and that same type of result in these whiskeys that we're trying starting with this first one that we just did and moving forward as well so this is a, this is a an, an excellent bridge and I'm curious as to what your thoughts are as to um, why, why, well, you know, why all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but, you know, does everything, in your opinion, does it go in circles, in cycles? There yeah. was a time where bourbon was off to the side and nobody gave a damn about it. It was all about the, you know, the ice cream vodkas and, and the tutti frutti's. Yeah, right? It was all about that. And then all of a sudden, boom. And it wasn't that long ago. It was no. not that long ago that every bar you went to and every liquor store was packed from floor to ceiling with marshmallow vodka and <laughs> all this crazy stuff. And, and every brand, every vodka brand had 27, 57 different, different yes. flavors. Uh, and then all of a sudden the consumer palette changed again and it was like you know what we're gonna we're gonna cut back to the the mm -hmm. um bring it back from like 50 expressions of vodka to maybe like five right people started drinking mm -hmm. brown spirits again it is cyclical it's always cyclical so it's never like whiskey is it's never gonna go away it just thank god have thank god for small <laughs> yeah exactly so we will get um, times where other spirits will be kind of in vogue, if you will, and um, so like mezcal's having a moment at the moment as well. Oh yeah, right. It has True. been for, for quite a while as well, uh, which I think is is wonderful because it's it's opening people up into all these different kind of uh, flavor profiles that they they would never experience with other spirits, and it, it's it's amazing. And through that people are more willing to try other things. So I think we're getting more curious as consumers. We're becoming much more curious. We're kind of pulling away from mainstream and, and wanting to try things that are a little bit mm -hmm. different from, you know, mass marketed big, big companies. And then when you're talking about a, a, like this first one we just tried, you're talking, you know, this, I, 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 I can't say that, um, that, you, that our art would, capitalize on the fact that scotch whiskey is made to come because this is 12 years old this has been this is yeah. this this was a this was a this was a, a a birthing you know uh in the making 12 years ago when so yeah, well, you know it's, it, it's, it, you know they weren't they weren't nostradamus they weren't saying you know in 2020 and 2019 <laughs> scotch is gonna start making a comeback so we're gonna start right now and 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 make something really special the only no, thing no, they no, got no, right about no. 2020 
Jeez. What's that? What's that? <laughs> the spot is the only thing right about 2020. Here's, I have a question. Is it sacrilegious? The, uh, you know, the craft cocktail trend is, is booming right now. Um, I've always seen a couple of, of scotch cocktails on menus, and those are like some of the kind of more um, unique, creative uh, cocktails. Is it sacrilegious to um, make, say, like an old-fashioned with scotch? Or, I mean, what are, what are the kind of do's and don'ts or the trends in using it as, as an ingredient, uh, as a part of a, a craft cocktail? It's a, that's a really good question. Um, there are no rules around drinking your whiskey. We have recommendations how we like to describe drinking your whiskey if you're new to that whiskey. Mm -hmm. If it's something that you've tried before, you can play around till your heart's content with it. Scotch whiskey, typically single malt scotches, generally are not used for cocktails and that's basically going back to price so bars want to make money if you're using right. a, single cocktail, a single malt in your cocktail you're either going to have to raise the price of your cocktail or you're going to have to take a hit off your bottom line with that one so you will see more blended scotches but even blended scotches are going to be a little bit pricier too than say um a younger American whiskey, mm -hmm. you know? So mm -hmm. that's typically the, the reason why people don't use- Less about the flavor profile. Exactly. Yeah. If money wasn't an object and for certain bars and restaurants, it's not, you will see single malt scotch cocktails on their menu uh, because the, the flavors are delicious and that they make amazing cocktails, very, very rich, intense cocktails. Um, but you will see people play with it. You know, they'll do um, a little spritz of maybe like a peated uh, single malt, a spritz on top. So you get that kind of lovely scotch, smoky scotch essence. But they'll use a blended whiskey in the actual cocktail to keep their costs where they need them to be. Mm. So if you're at home, mm. it's a totally different story because it's your whiskey. It's, it's, it's your whiskey. Home. It's your house, Hansberry. You do what you want. Right. You want to mix it I with Kool-Aid. You go ahead. Yeah. Hey, don't knock the Kool-Aid. Don't knock the Kool-Aid. Don't tell me. <laughs> don't tell me that, hey, you know that scotch? We had I mixed it with Kool-Aid. Don't tell me that. I'll uh, <laughs> get very upset. You can do uh, whatever you want lime, with it. Lime Kool-Aid. That's the number one rule. Um, did we mention the uh, the approximate retail price of the of the twelve year? Did did we say I, I what it what it goes for? Is it am I am I right? Where it's right around the uh, thirty nine forty dollar value, or is that incorrect? I I've seen it for thirty nine. I've seen it for thirty nine fifty. That uh, is definitely on the low end. Yeah, I saw that. Um, you have to forgive me because I That's am what? national, so I don't have every it varies. state it is varies. going to be different. Yeah, exactly. So some states are obviously a lot more expensive than others. I would typically say it's going to be more in around 60, 65%. So wherever I found this uh, price point, thirty-nine fifty was very, very low. You need to go back. I need to go back. Yeah, go back okay, because... Uh, it's uh, well, even at sixty bucks, it's still yeah. It's a it's a twelve year old single malt. It's, it's a twelve year old. That's what I thought. I thought thirty nine fifty was like wow, really? That was yeah. That must yeah. be that must be like a, a deal that they've got going on wherever wherever Maybe. you saw that. 
Maybe. Looking online, I see one for 57. I see one for 44. So um, they do vary. And you're right. From state to state, yeah. Ohio is a control 52. state. So, you know, we 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 don't have uh, the, the the luxury of extorting people uh, and, and raising our prices to whatever we exactly. choose to in some states. And some states can do that. So, I mean, we sell it for what the um, distillery suggests that it should sell for. And, and it stays that way, which. That's a whole other topic entirely about Ohio being a control state. I like the fact that it's a controlled state. Some other people don't because they say it limits the products that come into our state, but that's all bullshit as far as I'm concerned. And that's been on previous podcasts. We won't get into it with you, but it just uh, flares up in my head from time to time. Let's move on, shall we? <laughs> Which one are we trying next? So you just had the 12 here. Yeah. The you've two more to taste so the next one is actually called abuna alba and it's a it's our newest expression um we've had it for just over a year yet if anyone is watching you'll be able to see the lovely light color of this i'm going to show you the bottle on much lighter side. much lighter first thing that we noticed yesterday when we were taking when johnny and i were tasting how much lighter this was one in color um and uh so abuna like sunshine in a bottle of the <laughs> abuna meaning of the origin of the origin of and the alba, origin alba named after jessica alba yeah yes, right no. exactly we named it after her <laughs> alba is scots gaelic for scotland so it means scotland but it's also a little bit of a play on words so it's referencing quercus alba which is latin for white oak and white oak White American oak is what we actually age this whiskey in. So little, little play on this. Nice. Bourbon barrels. This is nice. whiskey that is solely aged in ex-bourbon barrels, American oak casks. So the previous one, the 12-year that you tasted, is American oak cask, ex-bourbon barrel, and also European oak casks, ex-sherry barrels together. This right. one is just ex-bourbon barrels american oak so you can see the huge color difference with this yeah um, if you've got it in your glass have a little nose of it and see what the difference is it's 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 crazy different from the, the last actually all three are totally different from each other um i i mentioned this yes this this is what this is where i was yesterday and here's where i am today when i when i went with the nose on this one, um, not it, it didn't overpower me with anything in particular. And I thought that as a result of not being able to pick up anything really strong up front in the nose, that I was going to embark on something that I didn't necessarily care for. Boy, was I, boy, was I wrong. I boy, boy, was I wrong after I sipped. It's very misleading, this particular whiskey. And so very smooth. And then I start to, on the palate, I mean, we talked earlier about um, uh, how many fruit offerings there seem to be in this particular line of scotches. And I'm getting hit with uh, everything from chocolate to spices to 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 fruit to to uh, just it's this would be 
the best way I can describe if is if I had if I had a magnificent steak dinner with all the trimmings and I was stuffed and I wanted a dessert scotch, which I do enjoy a nice a nice uh, uh, whiskey after a big meal. This this one right here would be like the ultimate dessert scotch whiskey for me because of all the flavors that are in here. I mean, there's, I, I, I picked up on, 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 on chocolate and raisins and spices and, and so many other different things. And also um, I picked up a little bit of up front, up front. Let me, let me. Yeah. Up front, a little tobacco, which I kind of like. Little tobacco. -y. Yeah, that's so, super subtle in this one, though, but it's definitely there. Uh, the thing with this one that you need to remember that we haven't talked about is uh -oh. that this is actually a cask strength whiskey. Mm -hmm. So going into it, we're jumping from 40% ABV or 80 proof up to. Now, you need to tell me if you're on batch number one or batch number two. I am on batch number two, I believe. Yeah. So my batch is batch number one, and this is at 57.1%. We beat you. Yours is, is 50, it 58.6? 50, 58.7, actually. 58.7. So 7. yours is a little bit higher alcohol content than mine. Right. Your and, flavor uh, profile is also going to be slightly different from mine. A little bit. Batched. We don't do anything to this whiskey, so we don't remove anything from it. We don't add anything to it. It's coming directly from the cask into the bottle, then into your glass. But what I would recommend with this particular whiskey, because it's a cask strength, after you've tasted it and you've given it, and I've watched you have a few sips of it, give it a few sips and then add a couple of drops of water to it. Drops. It's really going to change the texture of the whiskey. Mm -hmm. It's going to open up uh, the flavor flavors that you wouldn't necessarily get when it's a cast strength and you've got your little water droppers i do i have one how so many drops like a couple me is is the texture the texture changes it becomes much creamier on the palate when you add it does, water it to does. It. and, 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 and off this which is, also adds which 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 um uh complements yeah. what i said about it does become creamier and I don't want to say cake like, uh, but 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 it's like it's like it is like almost cake in a glass on, on some level. Uh, very sweet. It's nice. I get a lot of apricots off this one, peaches mm -hmm. and apricots. Also get a little bit of mint. So it goes back to like um, you you're saying it like a it's a end of dinner kind of dessert style whiskey. I would say like it's a kind of single malt scotch that you can drink in the middle of summer on a hot day, which is, you can't say that about a lot of stuff. True, things, yeah. But you could enjoy this in the summertime. Peaches, um, that's what I was looking for last night, Dino, because I couldn't quite get there. Peaches? Say peaches, yeah, you're right. It's very good. It's delicious. Mm. It is delicious. Uh, no age statement. on, on No age statement. And award winning with no age statement. Right, right. We, we released this whiskey last year. 2019, uh, Whiskey Advocate actually did their top 20 whiskeys of 2019, and we got number five. So we were the fifth best whiskey of 2019, according wow. to the Whiskey Advocate. Um, nice. And we'd literally just released about a month previous to that. So that was a big kind of win for us. Um, Non-age statements, you probably have noticed, are 
becoming a lot more prevalent than they right. used to be. And again, it's it's because of that trying to move away from the elitist mentality that, that surrounded mm. Scotch whiskey for a long time and trying to bring more people into the fold and uh, allow people to experience things that they, they wouldn't necessarily go for before. I Be- think when you put a number on something, you prejudge it. Just like you, you prejudge the color of this whiskey. You right, think I did. You get one thing, and when you taste it, you get something completely different. I did because I, you know, I didn't get everything that mm-hmm. I would. Uh, I, I in the nose right up front, kind of gives you like a sneak peek as to what what you might be uh, tasting on on your palate and the roof of the mouth, and then the and then the the finish at the end. But it's like. No, there's no spoilers here. Go ahead, sip, and then you'll you'll see what it's what it's all about. And and I did, and I did. It's it's wonderful. The no age statement, though. I mean, that's interesting because some people, uh, you mentioned the take to pull away from the non elitist. Uh, don't some people take some some pride in the fact that this is a twenty year, this yeah, is a twenty five year. <laughs> This is, you know, this is a 30-year-old scotch, and yes. you should be blessed that it's in your glass and you're drinking it, you heathen. <laughs> then yes. you never can find it. Then you never can find it because right. everybody wants right. it, right? You can't find it. You can't afford it. Right. Maybe a certain group of people that can afford to drink 30-year-old whiskeys. Um, so this is 30 years. No. Time and a place. No, you know, not 30 years. <laughs> so you can drink. Of course, we have age statements as well. The first whiskey that we tried was an age statement, and, right. and it's, it's perfect. But we want to give people the option. So we also want to show people that it's not just about age. The older doesn't necessarily mean the better. The more expensive doesn't mean that it's going to be your favorite whiskey. Um, and in order to kind of break through those boundaries, we need people to explore the category and taste things without prejudging. So if you, someone gives you a whiskey and says, this is a Speyside single malt. It's 25 years old and it's been aged in an Oloroso sherry cask. If someone gave me that whiskey, I would go, bing, bing, bing. I know what this should taste like. Okay. Mm. You've given me all this information. This is what I expect this whiskey to taste like. And I may very well be disappointed because it hasn't met my criteria of what you've told me that it should be. I have an image in my mind of what that should taste like. When you don't have an age statement, you're automatically taking that away and saying, you know what, just try it. Just try it. So, so the fun is in the exploration of, of the product, basically, right? Exactly. And it's Always. The craftsmanship yeah. behind whiskey making doesn't necessarily have to be restricted by a number because with the Scotch whiskey, the youngest drop of liquid has to be the number that goes on the front of the bottle. Mm. So if we put a single drop of three-year-old whiskey in a... 25 year old every everything else is 25 in the bottle and we put a single drop of three-year-old in there it would have to say three on the label so it's very restrictive in what we can do playing around with the whiskey you know so that's another reason we want people to explore it without judging too much no let me ask before we get to our third one um what do you enjoy when when the when the day is done and you're kicking back or is it completely do you just step away from this from the spirit world entirely but when you're you know looking to kick back was is there a a favorite 
maybe it's one of these three or maybe it's something else in the in the, in the family that you enjoy sitting back with and imbibing in it definitely depends on the mood so the 12 year would be the one that i drink the most of but for me the 12 is kind of anytime i shouldn't say all day or every day drinking because responsible drinking but <laughs> yeah. if it it is my kind of everyday kind of these, these days these days i'll do uh, you know a year ago if you would have said i drink all day people would have said you have a problem but given the situation <laughs> of the world you say i drink all day and the person's gonna say yeah who doesn't me too <laughs> i actually get paid to do it which is a bonus that's, nice. that's, that's, that's very nice yes so sometimes if i'm doing a, a virtual tasting sometimes they'll start at eight or nine o'clock in the morning um, sometimes I, I join in during the tasting, sometimes I don't. Um, at the end of the day, it depends on what kind of day you've had. So 12-year-old for me is easy breezy, just lovely. Um, I've had it in delicious cocktails if, I'm, if I have the patience to make a cocktail at the end of the day. If I want something a little bit more, um, maybe I just want one really nice whiskey sure um, i'm more likely to reach for aberlour 18 year old oh. i don't drink it very often but it's my personal favorite in the range I, it's that is what i would describe as a dessert whiskey I, 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 I want to say that a couple years ago uh, a friend of mine who owns a bar here in town um was actually given uh in the process of buying some other things for his bar, he got uh, he got he got the eighteen year old, and he goes, "I don't like scotch. Do you like scotch?" Of course, I like scotch. You know, I don't I haven't drank scotch in a while, but uh, you know, he said, "Do you want this?" And I and I took it. So I have a vague, distant memory of how excellent that particular one was. And I have a friend who comes over and prefers scotch, and uh, he gotta keep an eye on your friends, man. He, <laughs> you, you gotta keep an eye on your friends when they. Yes, come you home. do. He, uh, he emptied about half of that, and I'm like, mm -hmm. like, it's an 18 year old. You, you know, like pay up. You know, yeah. It like, was like water. I bet. Have, have one, <laughs> and then switch over to one of the glens that, that, <laughs> that are that are ample and bountiful here in the house. But uh, stay away from the 18. <laughs> But uh, yes, the I, I I have had the eighteen and it it, it is lovely. It's it is lovely. Let me ask you one it's more. Okay, you, go, you, go, you, you go first. You go first. You go first. You were saying. It depends on the mood completely. Yeah. So, like I said, I don't drink eighteen very often. It's a it's kind of a special occasion. Like I just want one whiskey and I want a really lovely whiskey. But Alba has actually been my drink of choice recently because I'm in California at the moment. It's still quite hot. So I've been drinking Abuna Alba in highballs with mm. big, tall glass, lots of ice, good quality soda water, and a twist of grapefruit. And nice. grapefruit really brings forward all of those stone fruits that are in the whiskey. Mm. Because it's cast strength as well, you're mm -hmm. able to still feel like you're having a real drink without yeah. completely drowning your whiskey. So that, that's been my kind of go-to at the moment. Cask strength. Cocktail. Whiskey soda. 
Yeah. Mm. We won't reveal our favorites till we're done with the with the third one before it's all said and done. But um, one more question before we get to the third one. Uh, and, and I made a note earlier when 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 I don't know if it was Hansberry or Whitney that made a joke about, you know, do the two sides oppose each other yeah, in, in Scotland in respects to uh, uh, the whiskeys. So uh, do you ever get any grief being of Irish descent? that you're not doing what you do <laughs> so remarkably well this evening for an Irish whiskey uh, company as opposed to scotch. Not really. No, uh, I, I do get the question, not, not very frequently, but I've had it over the years. I've had it a number of times. Anyone of Irish origin tends to, to ask the question actually a lot. Um, my response to that is always that we're, we're cousins, the Irish and the <laughs> the same kind of people. We're, yeah. we're Celtic origin. We we have similar kind of humor. We have similar sort of um, upbringings. That right. are, Oppressed by England. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Someone can come back. <laughs> okay. Oppressed uh, by uh, England. Yeah. Let's not go that deep. You can actually see Scotland from Ireland. Yeah depending on where you're standing and if it's a clear day, there's only about 20 miles across the sea from uh, from one point of, of Ireland over to Scotland. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure people have tried to swim it before. It's not that far. Uh, but we would, we would definitely be closer um, in terms of our, our heritage and our, our culture. We'd be very close to each other than we would be to say Wales or England or anywhere else for that yeah. matter. We're very close to each other. So it's kind of like the Celtic side comes through. Right. Uh, and more importantly, you have to be a whiskey ambassador. You can't be a Scotch whiskey ambassador or an Irish whiskey ambassador. You have to be a whiskey ambassador. So if someone asks a question about Irish whiskey, but you only talk about Scotch whiskey, you're kind of going to look a little bit silly. So you need to kind of understand the categories as a whole and actually started off as an Irish whiskey ambassador. So that makes perfect sense. Right? And when, and when, and when in your uh, career, when, when did you start drinking whiskey? I don't know if I'm allowed to answer that question. <laughs> 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 no, we age of yeah. <laughs> I, I come from an ethnic family where, where spirits were not prohibited. Uh, they were always in abundance in the home. So uh, the mystique, if you will, was, was, was taken away from us at an early age that, you know, what's the big deal? Have a drink, you know, have a sip of this, have a sip of that. So, but, um, you know. That was not my household. That was not your household? No. No one in my family drinks really. Oh wow! Still, that's um, not the, that's not the first time I've heard that from uh, people. We have a dear friend by the name of uh, Barry Chandler who who said his 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 mother didn't drink and his father did, but then he stopped. We 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 hear so many stories about people in these positions who come from families who, yeah, it was off the table. That yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't restricted as such. It wasn't like I didn't come from a, a like a super religious background or anything like that, that that you weren't allowed to. I just didn't grow up with it. My mom didn't drink. My, neither of my grandparents. Actually, three out of four of my grandparents didn't drink. 
Um, is, is that allowed in Ireland? Very common, actually. Is that allowed to have that many members of family not not drink? I think it's strange, but <laughs> it's quite more people that you speak to from Ireland, you'll find quite a lot of people um, actually don't drink. But because of that, I kind of grew up with instead of it being like, oh, you can't have that, therefore you're going to go crazy when you do get it. Right. I had more of a respect, if you will, for it because I didn't I didn't have bad experiences either. I didn't see like right. the, the dark side that, that maybe other people might have experienced before. Mm -hmm. um, and because I grew up in a non-drinking household, it's not, you know, it, it's just, it's a different way. It's a different way. So sometimes my mom's like, what happened? What happened to my, <laughs> uh, my brother and myself are big um, industry nerds, I would say. We, we love all kinds of spirits, but we appreciate them. And it's not about the alcohol. It's about the, the craft behind it and the stories behind it and the, the flavors that you can get from different regions. And it's a whole kind of um, like scientific approach, if you will, as opposed to like partying. Yeah, that, that's right. How, how long have you been in this world, in this industry, as far as employment is concerned? Since ever that I can remember, I started um, my first job was not in whiskey, but my second job was in a bar. So, like a lot of people, I would say most brand ambassadors would have started off in the drinks industry in general, um, either bartenders or um, servers, or and I did that for a long time. And then I moved into the world of ambassadorship. So I think pretty much all of my working life, I've worked in the booze industry. I've been an ambassador for coming up on, I think it's like about eight and a half years at this stage. Wow. Okay. Do what you love, love what you do. As we get to our third and final bottle of the night, because we're, we're running out of a little bit of time, so I don't want to rush through this, but this is our, our third bottle. Tell us about our third bottle, if you would, Gemma. So this is a Buna. I like to refer to this whiskey as the fraternal twin of the last one that you just tasted. So it's similar in a lot of ways, but it's completely, completely different. And any fraternal twins out there that are listening or watching will agree that you have similarities, but you're very, very different people. So a Buna is similar in the sense that it's cask strength it's non-chill filtered it's batched just like alba is batched as well every batch is going to be slightly different from the last one and it's aged solely in one type of cask so instead of where alba was aged just in ex bourbon barrels or american oak casks abuna is aged in european oak casks that previously held oloroso sherry and you can see the color difference i'll i'll hold up both bottles side by side as well so you can see yeah. the color difference on these mm -hmm. I'll, so do, I'll do that too i'll oh, do yeah. that too I'll both so up. why is that one so much darker because of the because cast, of cast. Being aged in. Yeah. the cherry yeah so yeah. the light oh, one yeah. has been aged in x bourbon barrels and the darker one has been aged in all the rest of sherry barrels i mentioned at the beginning when we tasted the 12 year the liquid that goes into those barrels is exactly the same it's clear, high-proof liquid, new make spirit. One goes into a bourbon cask, one goes into an Oloroso sherry cask, and this is what comes out the other side. The so same recipe, ship. just different ways of treating it after. The exact okay. same whiskey or mm -hmm. whiskey recipe. 
So the new mix where it goes in is exactly the same. It's only the cask that's different. So you'll see there is a distillery style that you can pick up in both of these whiskeys, but the predominant flavors are going to come from the cask that it was actually aged in. One being bourbon, one being all the rest of sherry cask. All right, I, I'm exaggerating. I'm doing this. I'm I, I'm being somewhat flamboyant, but at the same time, uh, it's it's an example of what I'm going to say. When this one first hit my nose, uh, wow! This one had more nose than any of the other two for me. This one just wham, yeah, yeah hit me hard. It hit me hard in in the nose with with a, a an abundance of 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 smells and, and flavors and then um this is also one that we should mention this one is a is the bottle i have anyway i don't know if, uh is this one is a space side 59 59.9 this is the highest proof whiskey of, of the evening yeah almost have, 120 yeah. proof yeah almost 120 yeah. proof and, and, and right up front the nose is, is almost almost uh familiar to a bourbon what i'm yeah, uh, exactly. and, and, and that you got a lot going on, yeah. That's true for for sherry cask maturation brings a lot of sweetness forward in a whiskey, but also quite a lot of spice. So spice meaning baking spices. Think of mm -hmm. nutmeg, ginger, uh, cinnamon type spices. All of those. Yep. Also all of those. Raisins and figs and all those dried, sticky dried fruits. Um, all of them. It's kind of like fall in the glass right it's a lot it of is it is it's in the nose it's also uh in right m more predominantly in, in the palate and mm. a very nice long finish a lot of warmth i mean this one mm -hmm. come this one warms back up mm -hmm. again after you've uh after you've let it go down there and sit for a second it comes back up and all that all that all those wonderful baking spices you mentioned and all those wonderful tastes giving smells start yeah. to start yeah, yeah. to come back up again and, and i wasn't sure about this one wait. last night man i wasn't sure about this one i was sure I, about this one because I, I was like i can't figure it out that's why i wasn't sure about it I more more it more sweet i like it than, more sweet than spicy and in, in my opinion and more um more malty than the others I would have to say than the other two, a, a, a tad, a tad more, a tad more malty. Yeah, you get. Do you get a lot of chocolate off this one as well? Yes, yes, chocolate which I love. Kind of yeah. like orange zest comes yeah. through a lot. Mm. It depends on the batch that you're tasting, though. So, and raisins. You mentioned raisins. I get the raisin. I get the raisins. Yeah, raisins. Uh, all those lovely sticky dried fruits. Just it's it's beautiful. I also recommend this one with a little water as well. You'll probably have some listeners that will want to fight me over this because uh, we have friends that refuse to dilute. You know, no matter yeah. the, the debate continues. Uh, this is in respects to scotch, rye, bourbons. You know, we've had the discussion about how a little bit of a drop of water or maybe one little small cube can can open up the expressions of any given whiskey. But some some refuse to ad adhere to anything. No, I like it neat. And you know, okay, okay, cowboy, you go ahead and and, yeah. and and deprive yourself of what might be an additional um, uh, uh, experience of, of said whiskey. You you put you you put a little bit of water in this one, which I just did, uh, and um, much like the, a lot more that that creaminess 
starts to 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 come out and, and yeah, you if you put a little bit of water you watch your glass as you add water to it you can actually see the oils start to swirl around inside yeah. the glass so for the people that that don't like to add water i always explain this like there's a chemical reaction happening inside your whiskey glass when you add some water to it you're going to have a different experience so just try it you might not like it you might still prefer it cast strength but the, i like to describe it like playing a video game right so adding water is unlocking that next level right you're going to get to if you it's a great way to describe it, it. It's a great it way gets to you to the it. gets you to the big boss. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's obviously going to yeah. lessen the alcohol that you get, but it that in turn means that you're physically able to pick up more, mm-hmm. uh, more of those kind of lighter, more floral notes coming through than you would when right. it's cast strength. It's a little tight when it's a cast strength. All right. All right. Well, as we uh, start to wrap things up here. Um, I, I hope you remember this, Johnny, because I don't want to make it sound like I'm sucking up the teacher tonight with the with with, with Gemma <laughs> no, when I when, no, I, when, I, when I pick no. my when I pick my favorite. But out of the three, gentlemen, what was your favorite? I'll go first. I will say that number two was my favorite uh, of the evening, only because and you mentioned a lot of things. You you mentioned pouring it into a tall glass with a little bit of soda and a little bit of grapefruit. This is something that I could enjoy. At any given time of the day, if I wanted a Scotch whiskey, and uh, it's the one that I, 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 and maybe I liked it best because it 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 caught me off guard because I didn't pick up a lot as much as I thought in the nose, but in the palate and in the finish and, and the overall enjoyment of it all, and and then and then pleasantly surprised that you know this is this is new to the family as well Mm -hmm. so that kind of is encouraging also in a way that you know the steps and the strides that you're taking because i know that the company has uh has 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 made a very firm stand and commitment to saying like you know we deserve to be uh, up there with with all the ones that have enjoyed the the prominence in the scotch world and i think you're you're well on your way that's my daughter in the background with the cats yeah it's all right that's okay (laughs) that's my daughter in the background with her cats that's okay you're right pour a glass of scotch uh, yeah yeah uh, (laughs) but yeah so uh number two number two um the alba was was my favorite of the night johnny yours uh well i i my favorites are in order of how we tasted them. I really like the 80 proof uh, only because it just felt really natural to me going down and, and it would be something that I would sit and just sip because I like to sip whiskeys, you know? And so this one, the, the fruitiness I love, and it was just, it felt like home. Dino. Can I ask you a question, Johnny? Like home. Can yeah. I ask you a question? Something that Gemma mentioned earlier in the, in the podcast and I'll come back to it. Uh, you had a, a tasting last night, and then now, uh, and now, uh, was there anything? Did you pick up on anything different, or as opposed to this the second time around? Not on the uh, eighty proof, but on the on the middle one, the Alba. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, is that the Albi? The the Alba is the second one, right? The Alba was the second one. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. yeah that one. one I definitely picked up on more stuff, more more of some of the the notes that 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 that. Uh, uh, Gemma was talking about and and uh yeah i like that one actually better than i did last night 
Mm-hmm. And I still think the third one is still my third place. But I, I, but I, I, I kind of step back from the hotter ones, the ones that are higher. Proof. See, I, I do like the, I do like, yeah. I like, I like stuff that, 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 that fights me a little bit, and uh, I, 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 I like it a little bit. But, but I, I, I applaud all three of them because I know as uh, a lot of my friends are, are, um, I don't want to say hard drinkers or, but, but they are consistent drinkers. So I'm thrilled that, especially in the Scotch world that I can say, okay, you know what? I've got a Scotch for each of you. One that likes it to bite and fight a little bit. One that wants to sit back on the porch and just enjoy. And one who said like, it's been a long time since I've had scotch. What do I, what, you know, with this, what what do you got for me that, that might ease me back into that world? So this, this, they've, you've done an excellent job, Gemma, of giving us three uh, scotch whiskeys that, that cover all those bases. Hansberry, you didn't get the taste last night. So what was your favorite? Uh, I'd say go big or go home. Uh, the third, the Abunda. <laughs> yeah. Um, What'd you call it? Go big or the uh, Abunda? I don't know. Is that how you? St- what is it? Nope. What? No. What is it? <laughs> you have to make me be the whole no. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I was He's trying to the, be smart. He, he is the youngest. <laughs> he is the youngest. In his defense, Gemma. Where he started at, uh, on this podcast, as far as his initiation into the into the whiskey world, and where he's come, is just huge. So, so it, 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 from put, Ireland, right? To, to throw him into <laughs> he's from Ireland. To, to throw him into the <laughs> Scotch world uninitiated, you know, it's you know he gets uh, the, how, he, how do you get the, the third one? Abuna, it, and you know what? We're in a close court. enough. <laughs> Abuna. 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 Oh, good. Abuna. Abuna. Yes. Well, the so, Abuna is my favorite. My favorite, considering uh, you're not not necessarily a big Scotch whiskey drinker because it's a it is a big, spicy, robust whiskey. So that's it's good to know. Yeah. yeah, it's good that he's drinking it at home too. Because if we were all here together, yeah. like a normal podcast, if you if you were actually able to join us here in, in the house where, where I'm at, this is where I'm at is where we normally mm-hmm. record the podcast because of everything that's going on in the world. We've been uh, uh, I don't say reduced, but forced to, to do it like this. If he was here, there'd be a bigger dent in that bottle that oh, he yeah. liked so much before. Much we yeah, Hefty. and he'd be and he'd be knocking out another bush <laughs> in the driveway. A young sixty-two. <laughs> I get no no respect here, Gemma. Come on, <laughs> you get all the respect in the world. All the respect in the world, Gemma. We gotta we gotta start wrapping things up. Um, I want to thank you sincerely. I want to thank everybody uh, that was so wonderfully patient and consistent over at, at Abelar for, for putting this together. Uh, thank you for finding the time. I know you have to move on and do other things yet uh, before the, your day is out because it's still, uh, uh, well, you're still early and you still have things to do and places to be. But thank you so much uh, for being uh, delightfully informative and entertaining and educational. And, and, and thank you for uh, being a part of getting these three wonderful bottles to my home as well. Um, we wish you well in your in your Scotch journeys, moving on down the line. 
And uh, I think that uh, uh, if this is if this is the future moving forward, I think your future looks very bright. Uh, I hope so. I think you're right. Averlauer's doing an amazing job. So hopefully we can keep it up and keep introducing uh, new people to this delightful whiskey. And thank you guys for having me as well. I, I hope you I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We yes. we, we you know we I, I told you uh, earlier in an email that we do not consider ourselves to be whiskey experts, but we do consider ourselves to be whiskey enthusiasts and welcome the opportunity the opportunity to learn and engage and and share. And that's and I, and I think I think we've done a really good job of that tonight, especially for those who were like, yeah, I was thinking about going back to Scotch. I wonder what they got to say. <laughs> you know, I, I I I think I think we did a good job of that this evening. Hansberry, before we go, a little bit of business that, that you didn't get to do in the beginning that you should do before we close. Sure. Yeah. Well, the, thanks for checking out Whiskey Business, or I guess uh, today uh, Scotchy Scotchy Business. It's still whiskey, my friend. It's still whiskey. That's true. That's very true. Subscribe uh, and rate and review uh, on your favorite podcasting app, uh, whatever that is. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, uh, Amazon. Amazon, Audible, all of them now. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, check out whiskeybusinesspodright.com. Uh, you can see it here if you are watching on the YouTube channel where we've got uh, archives and blogs and that kind of stuff that, uh, that you like to check out. Um, also, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, we do videotape these and we had a lot of great visuals with the bottles and we're talking about the different colors and things like that. YouTube, uh, Whiskey Business with Dino Stropotis. Uh, click uh, the subscribe and um, uh, the little bell notification icon right there and uh, you'll get... Uh, updates every time um we, we post something new um facebook instagram and uh twitter twitter, twitter, twitter. that's it thanks share with all your friends especially uh if you've had as uh, like scotch loving friends that you ha who have haven't been interested we're broadening our horizons baby have you learned a lot tonight, Hansberry? Have I you, have. You to, do you consider yourself to have gotten a tutorial a little bit more of an education have I we have, have we have we advanced? Have we have we raised the bar in your in your whiskey education? Because this is an I education that's yeah. been going on for four years. I can't I, wait I to. Like, I feel like I feel like now you're in graduate school. This is this is nice. I'm going to have a <laughs> a, a nice uh, half pour on the Spay River with my uh, <laughs> Celtic brethren. I learned a lot because I haven't drink. Haven't I? Really haven't had scotch since I was ten years old, and you know uh, that story. Yeah, well, you know what? Before we go, before we go, share that story with Gemma. Uh, so my my mom liked scotch, and I actually stole some out of her bottle, and I didn't understand what I was drinking. Really, you know, I didn't know I was going to get drunk. So I got on my bike and I went to an ice cream store and got the biggest Sunday could get with like twelve scoops. They call it the Matterhorn, <laughs> and I puked all the way home. It was a fun time. <laughs> What? I don't How know what you were horrified about the 12 scoop ice cream or the, the whiskey at 10 years old. Yeah, they knew I was drunk when I walked in. I think, I think they just kind of were like, Yeah, the reason I asked you to tell that story <laughs> is because you were so hesitant to say when you started, you know, getting into this into no, the spirit world. Good. You seem reluctant <laughs> after hearing the 10 year old on the bicycle story. I don't think you have anything to worry about. I think you're good. No. I think you're good. Gemma. I, did, I never had it before after that. <laughs> I bet you that for a long time. Until Gemma tonight. Cole, thank you yeah. so much. And um, 
we look forward to uh, uh, hopefully people embracing these three whiskeys that we tried tonight. And uh, moving forward, if there's anything that we can do uh, with uh, you, you guys come out with something different and exciting that you want to share, uh, we're here for you. We, we, we would, love, would love to be a part of it as we were this evening. So thank you so much. Continued success with everything that you're doing. Be safe and uh, stay healthy. And uh, we appreciate you being with us. Whiskey Business, my friends, is a Never the Luck production produced on uh, – remarkably sometimes you know when i think about it produced on the video side by the amazing john whitney who had scotch for the first time when he was 10 years old i know <laughs> and on and remarkably on the audio side who from greg hansbury who knew nothing about the uh scotch before tonight <laughs> And I blame myself, Hansberry. I blame myself for not giving you a formal education before this evening. So I take We're it all right. off. We're all right. Thank you. Sir. And the lovely Gemma Cole as well for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, as we always close each and every podcast, my friends, until the next bottle, or in tonight's case, bottles. See you. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I, I hope so, man. I'm tired. <laughs> who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I, I, I've never done it. <laughs> I know, right?